This is the podcast where inspiring leaders share their stories to empower you, unlock your potential, and create a winning mindset for your future. My name is Luke Murphy, the UK Entrepreneur of the Year, and my co-host is thought leader, Kim Adele. Welcome to Global Futurists. Good morning and welcome to Global Futurists. My name is Luke Murphitt and Kim Adele. Good morning, Kim Adele. Morning, how are you? Excellent, thank you. Really good. good. This is the future of business. Where are we? Where are we going? And we have the wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, VIP visitor, guest, Yvonne Thompson. Yvonne, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Luke. How are you both doing? Really well, thank you. And how are you? Yeah, good. Good. Considering. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly unprecedented times, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, look, w- this is going to be a great uh, broadcast, a, a great show. We're really excited to to hear more about what you can offer and what we can talk about. Over to you, Kim, Adele. Okay, so I have the absolute honour of introducing the fabulous Dr Yvonne Thompson, who is a game changer campaigner activist with over 33 years experience in communications, marketing and PR, and specifically championing equality, diversity and inclusion in the workplace, which is so critical now more than ever, Um, and has also been honoured by Queen Elizabeth and written a leadership book on the seven traits of highly successful women on the board. So I'm delighted to have you on the show, Dr Yvonne, and if you could please share with us a bit of your journey, we would really appreciate it. Oh, wow. So what, what, what an amazing introduction. Thank you very much. You've told it all. I don't need to say anything else. You've done my interview for me. So um, thank you both very much for giving me the opportunity of sharing my story, my life, my journey with you and your audience. As you said, Kim, I started my entrepreneurial journey and I call it I don't, I don't call it a business, I call it my passion. I started my entrepreneurial passion over 35 years ago now. Sorry, I should have updated my bio a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm basically, I, I started, where, where did I start my journey? I started my journey, I'm originally from Guyana, South America. I don't know how far back you want to go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm originally from Guyana, South America. My parents were invited over, or they thought they were invited over by the Queen to come and rebuild the motherland. So at her invitation, they picked up their six children and travelled across the world to arrive in the UK, expecting that they would be welcomed with open-armed red carpets, pavement paved with gold or streets paved with gold and all of that to arrive, of course, to probably the biggest shock in their life. First and foremost, they were not welcomed, but they were here, or we were all here. And it it, it is one of those stories where we literally arrived with one suitcase each, all our belongings in one suitcase each. So there were eight of us. For my parents, I think the, the, the other burden they carried was what we call a backpack of dreams for one for each of their kids of what life could be in the UK. Their very first task was to find somewhere for eight people to live. Back in the early 60s, it was still legal for uh, landlords to have notices on their doors that said, 
maybe you'll be able to help me with this. Can can either of you I, are either of you old enough to help me with this? Probably not. Which so year? The, 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 Which notices, year? the notices said no dogs, no Irish, no blacks. Oh. So um, yeah, those notices were still legal, but my parents found a two bedroom, uh, no, not two bedroom, two rooms basement flat in Battersea, right under the power station that was still live at the time. And um, there we lived for about nine years until they were able to save up enough money to move on. We were in one of the worst streets in one of the worst areas of London. My mum worked three part-time jobs. My dad was a plumber's mate at St. Thomas's Hospital, even though when he left Guyana, he was actually a, he was in the police force. I can't remember what level, but he, he took a downgrade um, because he had to, he had to feed eight people basically. So as I said, we lived there for the longest while. That part of my journey would take forever. So I'm not going to go through. I just wanted you to know where, where the beginnings are. But what I do say when I do these talks, if only I knew then what I know about property value now mm -hmm. is where we are, you know, we, or where we were, we could not afford to live there now ever. I mean, the prices in Battersea are ridiculous. But if I knew then, I would have squatted. Needless <laughs> anyway, so, to say, the street was so bad, it's been demolished. But I think there's a new gated community there, but the whole place has been demolished. But moving swiftly on, um, you know, went through the usual challenges of racism uh, at school, at college, the usual things. But I think where it really hit home was when I when I got my first permanent job, which was at CBS Records. I was there for seven and a half years. And in that time, you know, uh, even though I subbed for a position uh, or, you know, stood in for a position while someone was ill or the position was vacant, I never did get that position. And so I decided the only way for me to move up was to move out. So after being there for seven and a half years, I realized my situation, I had a triple whammy. First, I was female. Second, I was a black female. Third, I was a single black female with a child, single parent. And, and if you like, there was a fourth because, you know, back then, as it still is now, uh, the music industry are not kind to women or minorities. So I think that's where I really got my kind of challenge and my resilience, started to build my resilience. So I started my own business. As soon as I started my own business, I loved it. I found it was, you know, what I was meant to, to do. I was never meant to work for somebody else. So for me, I, I've enjoyed every challenge. I've enjoyed every up, every down every success, every failure. I don't look at failures at failures. I look at it as an opportunity to learn and do better next time. And with every no, there for me, no stands for next one, not give up. So, you know, there's all those things that just kept me going. I went on to do start many firsts in the black community. I started the first black owned PR company as far as PR week is concerned, and that's the industry Bible. I started or as part of a group that started 
the first black monthly glossy magazine many, many, many years ago. And I was, and that same group went on to start the first black music radio station, which was called Choice FM. And Choice FM is now known as Capital Extra. It's part of the global network. So many first, and through that, I, you know, being part of a radio station, I also started the first black women in business network because I found, you know, when I was starting my own business, I couldn't find anybody who looked my, like me. Apart from being female, there's just 50% of me there. So I was invited to lots of women in business networks, events, and so on and so forth. But, you know, quite honestly, most of the time, the majority, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, I was the only woman of colour there, or the only person of colour there. So I thought I needed to change that, and I started my own network, which has been going now for 23 years. This is the 23rd year. We've changed that, we've expanded that, because I think we've, we've moved quite a long way. So I think we almost have to go back to basics where women are women, not divided into race, uh, sexuality, or anything else. Because I, again, I feel the only way for people to learn about each other, the culture, the mindsets, the challenges, all the things that you have as a woman, be you black, white, you know, yellow, whatever, the only way that we learn from each other is for us all to be in the same room. We have to be in the same room at the same table hearing the same things at the same time. So that's where I am. I do a lot of work in the equality and diversity field. It's become, you know, another one of my passions. I've been campaigning for, gosh, a very long time, as long as I've been in business and championing women in business. And as you mentioned earlier, Kim, I received a, a, a CBE, Command of the British Empire, by the Queen for my work that I've done in the equality, diversity and inclusion space. I've written a book on women in business and it talks about the challenges, the tips, the tricks, the traits, the things you need to know to get yourself on a board and stay on that board. It's not just about getting there, it's about staying there. And as I say, you know, equality is about having access to that room uh, or diversity is having access to the room, equality is having a chair at the table and inclusion is having your voice heard. So those are, those are the things that I really push for and um, will champion until I die. Yvonne, um, very interesting to, to hear sort of the, the background of what got you to where you are. Um, what, what hurdles have you faced and, and uh, how have you overcome them? Well, you know, as I said earlier, a lot of the times it was it was quite difficult being the only woman of colour doing the things that I'm doing or the only person of colour that I knew doing the things that I'm doing. And for me, I felt that one of the ways it's it's the same as the, the campaigns that are going on right now for women on boards. You know, we, we have to campaign, we have to give access and there has to be more than one person, whether it, you know, person of colour or one person, um, one woman on a board 
you can't just say, yeah, we've got our quota now, we've got one of you on, on board, because you need to have at least a third, is it a third, or at least three people of um, gender and race on a board, because if that person is the only person that's there, it, it's never going to change. You know, their voice won't be heard, then it's never going to change. So what I've done, how I've got over it is basically doing the campaigning, opening up um, opportunities for other women. So for instance, my, okay, right now, I also chair the Radio Academy, which is the UK's charity for radio stations. And, you know, I kind of burst into there. It was, well, first of all, it's been going for 38 years, 38, 39 years. And they've had three women chairs and they've never had a person of color that was a chair. So, of course, I know I was in for a rough ride. So I burst into there and my my maiden speech was in was entitled Diversify or Die. You know, the radio industry has to diversify or die. And that's both behind and in front of the microphone. And I think it's the same for most organizations. And I think that's particularly pertinent now with the times we're living in, we're living in lockdown, Currently, this interview, you know, we're, we're practicing physical distancing, but thank heavens, we're not practicing social distancing at the moment. So we, you know, for diverse communities, this is going to be a very pivotal time, uh, not only for the di not only for the communities, but also for business, because there's going to be a lot of people from diverse backgrounds who are not going to be able to go and do the kind of jobs that tend to be where minorities are. They're going to become more creative and I hope they're going to pick up on the opportunity to, uh, to, to take their own destiny, their financial destiny in their own hands. I'm not saying everybody should leave their job. I mean, even though I did, I'm not advocating everybody should leave their job and do their own thing. But you know, out of, out of these challenges come opportunities. You know, we were talking about it before. And there will be opportunity for good. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for good, but there will also be opportunities for bad. And we have to really focus on the positive rather than the negative. No, completely. Did I answer your question? It, it did. Thank <laughs> you. Um, and you're so right. There is, uh, there is sadly um, going to be some opportunity for people to behave poorly, but as we discussed earlier, there are so many examples of people um, behaving with real human kindness that it just gives you hope, doesn't it? And I think that's what we've got to cling on to, particularly in unprecedented times like this. Um, so you've had an amazing journey that you've um, shared some of already. If you had to go back and do it again, is there anything you would have done differently? That's always a difficult question. I mean, the one thing, there is one thing that I, probably would have done differently. Now, people people ask me, do you regret having your daughter at the age you did? Because I had my daughter when I was 19. Um, at that time, it was very unfashionable um, to be a teenage mum. I was the only teenage mum at the school gates, you know, and, but in so many ways, it was, it was good for me because right now my daughter is, 45 and, with, and I've got two grandchildren 
and I'm still alive and healthy and mentally well and physically well uh, to enjoy them. So that is not the thing I would have done differently. I may have done, but I'm glad that I didn't. <laughs> the only thing I think would be the, the level of education. Yes, I've got two doctorates, but they're honorary doctorates because of the work that I've done. But at the time I was at, uh, in education, in full-time education, university wasn't as accessible to all as it is now. And that's probably the only thing that I regret. I think if I had an, a university education, my trajectory might have been faster. I might have got here a lot earlier. But, you know, I'm not complaining. And I'm one of these people, I enjoy learning. So I, I am one of these lifelong learners. So I'm always interested. But apart from the educational piece, I think that's the only thing that... Um, that I really, um, the one thing I would say that I've regretted. Yeah. On, um, yeah, you mentioned uh, you love learning things. What are some of the lessons that you have learned over? Well, my biggest lesson, I think, is it sounds really bad, but don't rely on anybody else. Rely on yourself. You're the only person you can rely on. You are responsible for all of your decisions, even if you get advice from someone, if you take that advice from someone and it doesn't work, you are responsible for taking the advice. So, you know, be responsible, take responsibility for everything that you do. I would also say you have to build up your result. Well, for me, and it doesn't apply to everybody, but for me, you've got to build up your resilience You've got to learn how to build up your resilience. And I think that, you know, that was just in inbred from my, that's a lesson I learned from my parents, more my mother, um, resilience. And you really have to, whatever you do, you have to lead. You have to lead with emotional intelligence. I think we're moving more towards that whole, rather than regimental and such, disciplinary um, way of leadership, more about thinking about the person and the people that you work with and the people that you're leading. So for me, emotional intelligence is a real big part of what I do. Fantastic. And so true. In fact, it's in uh, the World Economics Forum top 10 skills that are needed by 2022. Um, yeah. and they're moving towards needing to lead with humanity and presence. Um, which clearly uh, you already do and you've shared with us um, so far already. Um, thinking about diversity and inclusion, what would you say is the most critical thing for businesses to think about to be successful in achieving that um, equality, inclusivity and diversity? Well, I think uh, it depends on the business, of course, but a lot of businesses in general, businesses have to be more open-minded, they have to be more culturally aware, they have to just, just think about diversity in the round, whether it's cultural, whether it's creative, whether it's thought, presence, as I said, a lot of emotional intelligence. You have to think about, rather than thinking about looking at people to fit your business, think about how your what kind of people your business can you can fit into your business yeah. if that makes sense 
So it's almost it's almost the other way around. So you have to think about your audience and think about the talent pipeline. And because there's so many people now that are just so talented and not being utilized. I think the companies have to work harder to understand who is out there and who can fit into their business. Great point. That makes sense. No, it made, made total sense and I completely agree. I think there is there's so much diversity now and, and also with things like neurodiversity and things, you know, which yeah. making sure that we're that we are including everybody because those unique perspectives together we're stronger, aren't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, th thank you for that, uh, Yvonne. Um, what what what's, um what would be your top three tips, I guess, for for the listeners um, around the world um, going through challenges right now, whether it's in business or lockdown or whatever? Um, what what would be the three three takeaways that you'd like like people to remember to take on board and to try and impress on other people? Do you mean do you mean apart from for this very moment in time, apart from stay well? Stay healthy and stay in. <laughs> stay <laughs> well. <laughs> um, so three top tips mm. uh, for businesses. I think we just have to keep, as your program is called, we have to keep thinking about the future. We have to, you know, we have to keep thinking ahead of the times wherever that's possible. Because like now, who who was really expecting this? We got so caught out with with this coronavirus, you know, and especially as a as a country, I think we got very much um, caught out in the moment. So yeah, I think we have to keep thinking ahead. But I think companies have to think very much about equality and di equality, diversity and inclusion. The more we can include, the more people we can include, the more diversity, as I said before, more creative, more um, cultural, more influential diversity will have. And my third tip, what is my third tip? That, that's a difficult one. How about something personal? Oh. <laughs> something that people as individuals can improve their character. I think as individuals, we've, we've just got to keep an open mind. We have to keep open minds. We cannot, we cannot be biased. We have to be, we have to keep an open mind. Hmm. Brilliant. They're, they're great. And I think it, you're absolutely right. You know, the more open minded we can be and the the more comfortable we are to learn new things and to go in there without any preconceived ideas. And I think some of the challenges we unfortunately all have some unconscious bias and that can be the more difficult one to get past, can't it? Because you don't know, you don't know it's there. But I think if we keep learning and we keep talking to each other, then we stand a chance of um, really having an amazing society. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Yvonne Thompson, thank you so much for your time. It's been a real, uh, real pleasure to speak to you, to hear you, and uh, to take on board the importance of equality, diversity, and inclusion. And, um, you know, we salute you with all your achievements, and I'm sure people will be looking up um, you know what you've done in the past including obviously uh your 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 book seven traits of highly successful women on boards yeah. and um thank you for that uh for your time um and uh kim, kim adele have you got any 
Um, I just like to say thank you so much. Um, as always, it's been an inspiration talking to you. You've had an amazing journey. And I think um, sharing your personal resilience and your drive to go and help do more for others is, um, well, it is just inspiring. So thank you so much for giving us your time this morning. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Kim, and thank you, Luke. Thanks, Yvonne. Take care. This is Luke Murphitt and Kim Adele on Global Futurists. Thank you and join us again very soon. This is the podcast where inspiring leaders share their stories to empower you, unlock your potential and create a winning mindset for your future.